0: Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I am Brad Alexander, your host and resident beggar who found bread, wishing that all would come to know where I found the bread of life, Messiah, Yeshua. This episode, Wishing Well. You can attribute the title to this one to Terrence Trent Darby. Kind of a one-hit wonder, though I'd never say that to his face because he was also a gold gloves boxer and would probably knock me out for painting him with that brush. Wishing Well was certainly Darby's most successful single, and he later legally changed his name to Sanada Mayatreya. He did that in 2001, declaring that Terrence was dead. There wasn't a funeral or anything, but he just declared Terrence was dead, and he was now Sanada Mayatreya. And he claimed that The name Maitreya meant rebirth in Sanskrit, though experts in the language say that's not the definition, but it does mean kind, loving, or benevolent. But I'm not going to tell him the difference. You go ahead and tell him the difference. You'll probably get a benevolent punch in the mouth. Okay, maybe not. Maybe he's living up to that kind, loving, and benevolent name that he selected for himself. Let's hope so. Either way, it's not about the music, it's about the message. So let's dig in, wishing well. Looking at the Torah portion for this week, which is Genesis 23, 1 through 25, 18. There is an account that has piqued my interest over the years and I've been able to dig in a little more and a little more and there's something really profound, I believe. In chapter 24, Abraham wants a bride for his son, Isaac, so he sends his servant out to locate one. The servant goes to Mesopotamia and arrives at a well. He prays a very detailed prayer, asking Adonai that if the woman who is to be Isaac's wife is there, that there would be a specific exchange of words to confirm she is the right one. The servant meets Rebekah, and the conversation goes just as he prayed. He puts a ring on her finger and bracelets on her arm. Rebekah then goes to her brother Laban, and we read in Genesis 24 and verse 30, as soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebekah his sister, thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring." So after Rebekah reports what happened at the well and what the man said to her, Laban goes to the servant to speak with him for himself. They invite the servant in. They place a meal before him, but he refuses to eat before he explains who he is and why he has come. So we see a couple other accounts in scripture where men found their brides at wells. Jacob meets Rachel in Genesis 29 at a well. He desires to take her as his wife. Her father, Laban, uh, yep, it appears to be the very same Laban, well, he tricks Jacob, pulling the old double reverse and snuck his older daughter, Leah, into the wedding hoopah, the tent. Jacob wakes up in the morning like, wait, what? I thought I was marrying Rachel. Laban tells him, Rachel's the younger, And she couldn't get married until her older sister Leah was married. So you got Leah. Jacob agrees to serve Laban for the next seven years if he can have Rachel as his bride. The next account we see is in Exodus. Moses encounters and defends a group of sisters gathered at a well. When they report to their father, Ruel, who is also called Jethro, what happened, Moses is allowed to take the hand of one of the sisters that he met at the well, Zipporah. He takes her as his bride. So we see this consistency of men finding their brides at wells. A well would be a common place to find women in those times as they would come to collect water for their families and livestock. In John 4, we read of an account involving Yeshua, and we cannot ignore the similarities or the significance of this exchange. Yeshua meets a Samaritan woman at a well. As he and his disciples were traveling through the area to the Galilee, he has this amazing verbal exchange with the with the woman, where after telling her, if she had asked him, he would have given her living water, and she would never thirst again. He then tells her, he's aware of her entire life. John 4:16 and 17. He tells her, "Go call your husband, and then come back here." "I don't have a husband," the woman replied. "Yeshua tells her, "You've said right. I have no husband." For you've had five husbands, and the man you have now isn't your husband. This you've spoken truthfully. She's taken aback by Yeshua's words and perceives him to be a prophet. He informs her that the time is coming and now is that people won't have to be on that mountain nor in Jerusalem to worship Adonai. But those who worship the Father will worship him in spirit and in truth. We then read this woman's response in verse 25 of John 4. The woman tells him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called the anointed one. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Yeshua tells her, I, the one speaking to you, I am. He reveals himself as Messiah to this Samaritan Gentile woman. The woman goes into town and tells the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. He couldn't be the Messiah, could he? The people left the town and began coming to him. In the meantime, Yeshua's disciples returned to him. We read in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were pressing him. Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples were saying to each other, no one brought him food did they Yeshua tells them my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to accomplish his work later the people of the town let the woman know they initially believed because of her testimony but now they believed because they have met Yeshua for themselves so I believe this exchange at the well the revelation that Yeshua is Messiah is the bridegroom, introducing himself to the bride. And we know Messiah is often referred to as the bridegroom and the church or the whole of Israel as the bride. There are similarities to all three of the earlier accounts at the wells and this one with Yeshua and the Samaritan woman. Isaac, through the scriptures, is used as a picture of Messiah. You can study it out. There's lots of connections there. I always encourage you, study, show yourself approved of God. So a servant of Isaac's father, Abraham, went seeking a wife for the son. Now, I believe we can see John the Baptist filling the role of the servant, even as he refers to himself as the friend of the bridegroom. It is he who revealed to the Jews, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said he was, as Isaiah prophesied, a voice in the wilderness crying out, make straight the way of Adonai. And even as this servant was making a way for Isaac on behalf of Abraham. And also a couple other similarities that that are in here that kind of blew my mind a little bit as i was studying this think about this that that woman the samaritan woman she went back to the people and she was like hey come meet a guy who told me everything about myself we remember from genesis 24 and 30 rebecca went went back to laban and she reports to him thus the man spoke to me And she's telling him her report. And then what happens? Well, he listens to her story. And then he goes to meet the servant. And in this case, in the case of the Samaritan woman, she went and she told the people about the man who told her all about her life. And then they listened to her. And then they went to go out to meet that man. Also. It's interesting, at the very least, that the servant was invited in, offered a meal, and he refused to eat, before explaining who he is and why he has come. And we read of Yeshua that the rabbi, the the, uh, the disciples are encouraging him to eat. They're like, Rabbi, eat, and he's like, I have food that you know nothing about. And then they're asking if anyone brought him food. And he says, his food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to accomplish his work. And so I just see these other parallels there that kind of made me jump a little bit. So we also see the parallels to Jacob's account at the well. Jacob met Rachel at the well and desired her as his bride. He married Leah first and then would be joined to Rachel after serving Laban for 7 years. So, remember this in Matthew 15:24, Yeshua said, "I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." So, as I see it, the lost sheep of Israel refers to the 10 tribes of the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, which does not include Judah and Benjamin. That's the southern kingdom called Judah. So I think we can see Leah represented by the kingdom of Judah. In Jeremiah 3, Adonai declares that he divorced Israel, but did not divorce Judah. This lends itself to what is called the two-house doctrine or two-house theory, some, some will call it. And it can be a source of controversy or at least a source of much debate and heated debate at times over the two houses. Please, I encourage you, study to show yourselves approved of God. Um, there's a lot, a lot of good teachings out there. Zach Bauer has a, a really good one on this, and there's others as well. But study and dig in, and don't just take an individual's word for it. Study to show yourself approved of God. So I am explaining from my understanding and my understanding of the scriptures. So again, Leah would represent Judah, and Rachel, the lost sheep of Israel, which includes grafted in Gentiles in the tribe of Ephraim, to whom Yeshua was sent. He was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Now others might say, well, the woman at the well represents Leah, as Yeshua was sent to his own being the Jews, lumping them all together, both kingdoms, Israel and Judah, in the nation of Israel. So in this case, Rachel slash Israel knew him not, right? He came to his own and his own knew him not. So Rachel put him off, if you will. Yeshua reveals himself as Messiah to the Gentiles since the Jews weren't picking up what he was putting down. The woman at the well in either instance, and I hope I didn't get too confusing there. But in either instance, what we see is the connection to Jacob's account at the well with Rachel and Leah. So again, in my my opinion, two house theory, that would be Leah, who represents Judah, who is still espoused to the father. Adonai did not divorce Judah. He divorced Israel, th- those ten tribes. And so Rachel would represent those tribes, those who he came to and and was espoused to him later. Does that make sense? I hope you're tracking. It's making sense to me. Either way, whether you whether you subscribe to the two house theory or not, we can see that Leah and Rachel have representation in Yeshua's life and when he meets this woman at the well. And for those pondering or concerned about, well, wait, that means two brides for the bridegroom. I don't like that. that, That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't jive with my theology. Okay. I believe that scripture bears out that both kingdoms... Both houses, if you will, Judah and Israel, will be unified into one glorious bride. I believe that's what that is all about. And again, study, show yourself approved of God. But I believe we still, we see Messiah in that exchange in the uh, Jacob's encounter at the well. And then we have Moses meeting Zipporah at the well in Exodus chapter 2. We read that other shepherds drove off these seven sisters, but Moses saved them and watered the flock. Well, we can certainly see Yeshua in this as Moses is also a type of Christ, a redeemer. The other shepherds were telling these women to beat it, turning them away from the water source. Moses saves them and he waters the flock. Yeshua, the good shepherd says in John chapter 10, verse eight, all those who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. So these other shepherds in Moses's encounter were thieves and they were trying to keep the water for themselves. Moses stepped in, protected, defended, and saved the women and the flock as a good shepherd. Yeshua protects, defends, and saves his sheep, and his sheep know his voice. He is the bridegroom, and he has revealed himself as such Messiah. Check out the White Wedding episode and also the Midnight Oil episode for more on the bridegroom and the wedding and preparing for that great wedding Scripture clearly reveals he is the bridegroom and he is returning for his spotless bride, Jew and grafted in Gentile followers of the way, Messiah, Yeshua. The proposal has been made. When we accept it, we are to make ourselves ready for his return and to inform others of the wedding. Put the invitation out there for others. That's what we are to do. Keep those lamps trimmed and burning. Make sure you've got the oil. I want to thank you for giving me your time. I appreciate all the love and support, the likes, subscriptions, shares and reviews, all that good stuff. I appreciate it very much. It's all about letting others know where we found bread. If you are a beggar who found the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, because that's all I am, is a simple beggar who found bread. I, wanna, I want others to know where I found the bread of life, Messiah, Yeshua. Please study to show yourselves approved of God. And then let's go out and give them heaven.